Here we go, episode number 46 of the Coffee with Joffrey podcast. On today's show, I have Jesse Ackister, who is co-founder of The Shiro Life, very experienced coach here in Dubai. I've known for a number of years now through the CrossFit scene. She was um, highly competitive, went to a couple of regional events back in the day for CrossFit, which led her into more powerlifting. And then she was actually, she actually represented Australia in powerlifting. And she tells us more about that in this podcast, which is super interesting. It's also great to just hear how she's working with her clients these days based on her experience and uh, just helping people to, um, you know, find a better version of themselves. Now, I, I know that sounds really cliche, but the amount of people that you get walking into a gym or, or coming to us as coaches who want help, everybody's so different. And it's such a unique uh, experience coaching because you need to, it's more than just uh, setting a workout when you're trying to help someone kind of transform their life, whether that's through exercise, nutrition, uh, through other um, factors. But it was great. We we just kind of put the podcast on, had a chat, um, spoke of our experiences. I think the main thing that we went over what, mo- most over was about the, the fact of just listening to your body. Um, you know your body best. It's great to go and work with coaches, uh, but it's learning to get to a point where you understand what needs to be done, um, that you're working towards a greater purpose than just going in and smashing yourself in the gym and feeling sore for the next week or so you know finding that balance that we always talk about but it was great to hear from jesse uh we had a really good catch up so uh have a listen to the show let me know what you think don't forget to subscribe share it if you find some value from it and um leave some comments on the podcast platform that you use here we go here we go jesse welcome to the show thank you for having me Jesse, before we go in uh, to detail of the stuff we're going to talk about today, do you want to give the listeners a little bit of an introduction to yourself? Yeah, sure. So um, about 14 years ago, I arrived in Dubai and I was cabin crew and I didn't train. (laughs) I did the standard arrive in Dubai, um, party a lot, eat a lot, put on weight. Um, Exactly. And then um, a few years into flying, I was on a trip and I um, put my back out. Um, And while I was at the uh, osteopath after that trip, they said, you need to get fit (laughs) or you're going to keep having problems. Um, I still to this day say it's the best medical advice I've ever been given. Uh, And I wish more doctors would (laughs) give that advice. It's just general advice. as general medical advice, but um, that got me into, okay, I need to like start thinking about my fitness again. And of course I started out with like um, general group exercise classes. I was doing your Les Mills and your choreographed classes and things like that. Um, But I'm the kind of person that gets bored quickly. So I would learn the choreography because I had a background in dance when I was younger. So I learned the choreography and then I'm like, oh, I already know like what's coming next. So it got boring for me quite quickly. Um, And then of course I wanted to feel like I was progressing. So it was like, I'm doing the hardest version of the workout. And I didn't feel like there were people that were better than me always around me. And I was in a circuit class one day and there was like, the heaviest weights were like little five kilo dumbbells. 
And I thought, hmm, where can I find somewhere where I'm going to be challenged more? And that's when someone told me to try CrossFit. So that was way back in the day when it was uh, LifeSpark and the Burn Room. So two. Yeah, so obviously like a lot, the, the listeners obviously know my background and they probably, they've noticed the theme of people that come on. They all kind of like go through CrossFit. But what's quite nice about everybody's story is that they might, CrossFit's almost like that gateway for a lot of people's exercise. Obviously, it was for you coming from GX. For me, I guess it was a very similar story. I used to teach a lot of GX and, you know, general bodybuilding type training. You go into CrossFit and then there's so many kind of, I mean, we should be careful how we're talking about CrossFit now, but there's so many dynamics to CrossFit that you can mm. go out in different directions. And I guess that's, where, that's what happened to you, right? Yeah. And I think that's the thing I started out and it's you get addicted to the community and the challenge and being pushed and there's always new things to learn. Um, and I threw myself all in and decided like that first year I did the open and, um, you know, the barrier for entry at competition level was a little lower and ended up on a team going to regionals. And I was like, oh, this is something I want to get better at. I want to be able to really compete at it. So I spent the next like a uh, little over three years all in training twice a day, trying to be as good as I could possibly be at CrossFit. Um, and then at, it was 2016, I went to regionals again with a team and I was like, I'm tired. I'm really tired. <laughs> um, I can't keep doing this all the time, but I also loved the competition and I loved being really strong. So I decided to transition to powerlifting um, and started working with a powerlifting coach with the goal of um, getting an elite total in Australia so I could represent Australia. Oh. So um, I did that and after... My first year, in my first year lifting, I got my elite total. And then the second year, I got to represent Australia um, at a few competitions and at the World Championships. Oh, that's amazing. So um, that was being able to represent the country is like a thing I'd never in my wildest dreams could have imagined yeah. um, growing up. I never thought that that was something that was possible for me. And then if you'd asked me when I first started training, and told me that that was where I would end up. Like well, you, you, you went from lifting five kg dumbbells in a Les Mills class to lifting, well, I don't know, probably a lot heavier than what I can lift. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot heavier than I can lift right now. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, listen, I'm I'm pretty sure that you're going to tie in other experiences from your from your uh, you know from your training from other areas of your life as well. Um, but let's kind of get a little bit deeper into what you're doing now because I think it's. You know, I follow your content um, a lot through social media. Obviously, the share of life is what you do. You've done a lot of kind of like seminars and I'm always hearing good things from that. So what do you want to, um, how can you explain that to, uh, to the listeners? Yeah, so the Shira Life, we launched a little over a year ago, our first events. So we started with in-person events um, with the purpose of building a community and an education platform. Um, this came from my realization that I got to where I am because I had access to really incredible coaches and teachers um, and purely by luck, just where we are in the world, we had great people around us and I had like 
one of my powerlifting coach was a world champion. And I have people like that around me that I could learn from, which meant I was able to progress fast and things that seemed impossible weren't impossible because other people I knew were doing them. But I realized in the last few years that that is an exception, not the rule. Most people don't have that type of access. And I wanted to create um, a platform for people to get access to quality information and coaching. Um, I also wanted to create a platform for females who were experts um, to be heard because in the fitness industry, especially it is still a male dominated industry. Um, and in most industries, it's, Generally, even if a woman is very good at what they do, often women decide, oh, if I'm going to have a family, it takes time out of their career. And so a lot of women will be very good at what they do, but they don't have a large platform. So um, I wanted to create a place where we could give those people a voice to a community. Um, so we started with live events. Um, bringing in experts and having an all-female audience. Um, and it's all things related to health, fitness, but also um, mental health and well-being. We talk about um, sort of more alternative um, spirituality and connection to yourself um, and just having really like authentic, vulnerable conversations. Um, and so we're now transitioning. This has always been the plan, but... Um, we're now about to launch the website, which is essentially a membership site where we have experts contributing content, um, written content, uh, classes, and then we're doing live events and things as well. Um, and then we're building like a massive exercise library and there's training programs and there's all kinds of things included in that. Just a, um, big, just a big hub of information. Um, where, so obviously because I know you and your experience and the people that you're getting talking at these events are obviously being uh, you know they're coming through you their experiences there like you what I like most about it is that you've you've not just got this uh, you've not just gone down that route of the training experience in terms of you reached the level that you did in powerlifting you know competing at regionals yeah it, it was the earlier days but it's still a massive accomplishment you've got that uh, knowledge around training um, how if someone came to you now as a you know a trainer you could get them to where they want to be in terms of physique or fitness goals but while you're tying in all the other factors that go around it right and that's probably what gets neglected the most and I see it on a day-to-day -day basis even just dealing with maybe a client for the first time whose goal is to lose a little bit of weight and you kind of just want to go like hang on it's, it's literally not about the exercise that you're doing today there's so much more to it so have you, the, the people that you've got on board, are they really kind of taking that? I guess it's like a holistic approach, right? Yeah, it's, um, it is diverse. Um, and it is obviously people that align with the vision that I have um, and who have a holistic approach, especially when it comes to training. I think the, the comment that you made just now about the majority of the people that come to you are just a normal person trying to get fit. Um, so the requirement for me in my training, if I'm trying to qualify as like for the world championships, that requirement in training is very different to someone who just wants to be fit and healthy. Like you're going to have to take 
make, take extreme actions to get to that extreme level. Um, and I think most people end up comparing themselves to that, like, oh, I see this athlete on social media or I see this fitness model or whatever else. And they think I want to do their training program. But the reality is that what's happening in your life is not the same as what's happening in their life. So your choices need to be different. That was one of the questions that I was going to ask you towards the end, but we'll get into it now, like getting influenced by the wrong things. Obviously, social media is great. And then we, we could go all day on its positives and then its negative sides of it as well. We have access to other people's training programs. And how much do you see that happening? You've just mentioned it then. People putting so much emphasis on following someone else's program when their lives can be totally mismatched. But for some reason, we still have this interpretation that, hey, I can do that. Like I've done it myself, you know, mm -hmm. following Ben Bergeron's games athletes plan. When I just started CrossFit, hey, I'll do the, the athlete, the games version. I'm like, oh, I'll do the reps, I'll do this. So how important is that to, to understand what you're capable of? I guess knowing your own body, right? Yeah. Um, I think that's something that as coaches, it's really our responsibility to help educate our clients to be more self-aware. Um, because I... I, I say this all the time when I'm teaching new coaches, the majority of people that come into the gym, like if you say to them, like what's happened, like what's present in your body right now, they can't tell you. We've become so disassociated from our physical experience. So like how often have you driven somewhere and then you get there and you don't remember any of the experience getting there? Like I think as a population, um, people have been so in this rat race that like we're not present in our lives. So when someone walks into the gym and you explain a workout to them, they're like, their minds over here. They're not at all present in the situation. Um, so like, this has been a point for me. Like every time I watch someone coaching a class and people walk in and that very first moment you start talking to them at the board, like they're not in, present in the moment. So like they're not, absorbing any information that you've just talked at them about. So I like to use tools to get people present in their bodies and then talk to them. So um, I think that's... Um, it's almost like you, you always say, especially when people are coming from busy lives as well, right? They, they come from work, maybe they get stuck in a bit of traffic, they're all wound up. Maybe their partner's telling them, hey, you need to make sure you're home at this time. And they're already doubting it if they're going to go and do the workout. They just need to, they know they need to go in and get it done, relieve a bit of, like a bit of stress. And uh, I guess that's a big one for me recently, just being in the moment, just being present with the things that you're doing, even to the point where I watch TV at night rather than just uh, putting the TV on and sitting on my phone, which I know the mo majority of people do. It's actually going, right, I'm going to watch this show and I'm going to go and put my phone somewhere else. So I'm taking it in, like I'm watching this show for a reason, just being mm -hmm. present in the moment. Yeah. And like we've all, we've all been guilty of that. One of my old flatmates, like a few years ago, she used to say every time like we're having a conversation, you're always looking at your phone. Like you're always like, you're so split um, in your attention. Um, so in training, um, I guess like that's where a lot of all of my work is right now is sort of teaching people 
how to be present in their bodies and then how to adapt training based on that. Um, we briefly spoke earlier um, about, like before we recorded, or about the idea of autoregulation. Yeah. So um, people who are familiar with the concept probably think of like systems that we use, especially in strength training. A lot of um, people who are used to like more functional fitness don't understand this quite so well. But in strength training, we use systems to um, regulate the amount of work we do um, so we can conti continue making progress. So if I, when I'm powerlifting, I'm lifting, um, I'm squatting three or four times a week. So I can't add weight every single time I lift, but um, depending on how my body feels, I'm going to try to continue making some type of progress. So um, we use systems like um, rate of perceived exertion or reps in reserve to regulate. So um, for ex or we can put, say, on a scale of one to 10, how does my body feel today? And we're trying to... so we're going to uh, adapt the volume of work we do based on how the body feels. And so we have sort of a target that if things feel amazing, that's the number we'll hit. Um, but depending on how we are on that scale, maybe the number will be less today. Um, so that's like, we have those systems that we're used to using in a strength training um, concept, but, um, when I talk about autoregulation with clients, um, it's about the understanding that we have to adapt for all of your needs. And it's not just like how to, like, do I hurt today? It's my body and your body are different. So how I perform the movement is gonna be different to how you perform the movement. And then, um, so that's gonna be one thing that we have to adapt like you and I will squat differently because our bodies are not the same. Um, alternative, then the second would be that like your body, like you know how your body feels. So like um, it might look easy to you, but it might, but how you're experiencing that will be different. Um, but also that's a trained response. So like I can watch my lifts and I know that that wasn't that hard for me because I can see how fast it was moving but in the moment when I feel it oh my god it can feel like the heaviest weight in the world but that's a trained response because I've been exposed to it over and over and over again I know how hard I can push before I actually fail so I, I do understand what failure means whereas most people that come into the gym don't know that so your untrained person will come into the gym and everything feels like death so we have to create that environment that's that safe exposure so that they can continue. Uh, when, when, you know, now I'm back coaching in, in the gym as well at base when someone first comes in and you can see how enthusiastic they are, how motivated they are, especially, you know, coming into a, a strength and conditioning gym that has that kind of atmosphere and people lifting heavy weights and, you know, loud music, that type of stuff. And uh, first thing I always say is like, Right, let's just slow it down. You know, you see them, they want to go as fast as they can, lift as much as they can. And I'm, my first thing is always that, hey, it's not about what you do today. It's about where we're going to get you to. What you mm -hmm. do today, you're going to end up, if you associate this like real, really terrible feeling of like lying on the ground, 
in a puddle of your own sweat. And like, you're going to build up this kind of like a uh, barrier to wanting to get back to that. I'm just like, Hey, let's just start from here. And that's a really hard thing to do. You, you to put it into other areas of life. Um, like you don't go from zero to 100 straight away. You're happy to build up and learn like reading a book or some of like that. If you're not used to reading, you don't try and read a book in one night. You say, right, well, I'm going to read a couple of pages and then maybe the next day you read four or five pages and you build up that way. But for some reason with training, I don't know whether it's the influence of things like social media because of the lack of education that like you've mentioned already, that there's this like all in approach all the time. And uh, like yourself, me, you know, just speaking to Craig this morning, you know, we're listening to our bodies. Like we come in and go, that's what I try and tell, you know, some of my clients as well. Hey, how are you feeling today? If you're not feeling that great, let's back it off a little bit. You know, you're going to get loads more from just backing off because you're going to feel fresh for the next day rather than trying to go, let's try and lift as heavy as we can today, blow your back out, niggle your hamstring, and then not being able to do something for the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, there's a few things that you raised there is the first one is that you ask how are you feeling today um and i think often we come in with this like this is what's on the program i have to do this yeah. rather than um what's present for me in this moment so and that can be what's present in my body it's what's present in my life right now like what's affecting my experience now and then making a choice um on how you're going to execute your workout and it's like in a class setting it doesn't mean that you don't have to do the class though sometimes it might mean that um i always was made it clear to the, like the members like if there's something that you need that like the program isn't doesn't feel like it's serving you right now let's have that conversation so i had like for example a member came in and she was like so angry. She so like furious after like stuff that had been going on in her day. And literally the idea of doing a structured warm up, like she's like, I can't do that. I literally, like you could see it. She was like shaking. So like I threw her in the corner and I said, you're going to grab this sandbag and you're just going to throw it. You're going to throw it as hard as you can. Um, like three times every minute for five minutes. And I'm like, you imagine that's your boss and I want you to get really angry and let it all out. And she came back and was able to be present in the class after that. But if you're not aware of yourself enough to be able to say, this is what I need. And as a, as a coach, you're not aware of how the experience is changing from person to person, then you're sort of failing yourself and, and your clients. I feel like um, so many when I look around at, you know, like yourself and I, I keep mentioning Craig, obviously at base and people who you've seen go through that competitive CrossFit, not necessarily CrossFit, but competitive environment and they're training now and what it looks like. Hey, listen, I'm a massive uh, promoter of following a program. I think if you want to make the most progress and look after your body and you're, you're willing to train at like those higher intensities, you need to either have a coach or be following like a, a, a good program where you know, the coach does ask how you are and those types of things because that's how you make the most progress. But hey, if you're not in that frame of mind where you're not actively trying to make progress, but like we said before, you're just trying to, you know, we talk about balance, find some balance, maintain your general health and fitness. You know that when you move, you start to eat better and your mood has improved, that type of stuff. Like for me right now, if I have to, if I come into the gym and I've, I've got a program there to follow, I'm probably not going to do it. 
And it's, it's almost enough for me to go, I'll train tomorrow. Whereas I'm, I'd much rather come in, and I know this isn't the most efficient way to train, but I'd much rather come in and go, do you know what, I fancy doing this today. There's some staple lifts that I'll always do and always will do because I know the importance of, you know, um, managing that. But I'll just come in and move, and I'll, I'll set my watch and go, right, I'm going to move for 40 minutes. I'm not going to touch my phone. This is my time now, and just see what happens. It's almost like play. And I actually yeah. noticed that with some of the stuff that you were posting, especially over lockdown. You know, you were doing a lot of stuff where you just move in and different exercises and that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, and that has been part of the sort of journey for me since I've taken a break from competing was um, training became like work. So I would turn up, I had two or three hours of work to do. Um, and that's like mentally and emotionally draining. Um, it takes the joy out of it. Like when I started training, it wasn't because it was work. It was because it was fun. I loved being around the people. I loved the challenge of it. So this last year has been about making training fun to myself. Um, and so having that aspect of play is really important. Um, the thing that I think is interesting with that is as adults, we come to this idea like, like, training has to be a certain way. Um, like it has to look a certain way, a movement needs to look a certain way. Um, but I think there's like, like there are foundational things someone needs to learn, like from a coaching standpoint, we're gonna make sure that they have, like they can hinge at the hips and that they understand how to brace their core. And so like there are basic like things to make sure that someone's moving safely. But once someone's got that foundation, then I like to go, okay, so now that you've learned, like this is the, a good way to squat, where you're going to squat safely, now can I give you two minutes and I want you to squat in every different way you can imagine. And I want you to play with stances. I want you to play with tension. I want you to play with like speed and see how um, your body experiences all those different positions. Yeah. Um, and so, like, kids learn by playing, right? So we are just big kids. Why are we trying to take away the thing that, like, we, we evolved to learn that way? Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Um, just leading into a couple of questions now, um, <laughs> the importance of, like, finding a passion, uh, because you obviously found a passion through CrossFit into powerlifting, and, you know, once you find something that you love and you're more likely to go and do it, whatever those sayings are, but also tied in that with, you know, the power of power of the community, because obviously what you're doing with the Shira life as well, and what I do with movement wins and what Weight Watchers does and, you know, all, and CrossFit does, you, you build these communities who have kind of similar passions. How important is that for people to be able to stick and maintain to a program? So this is like, like humans evolved as like social creatures. Like we literally like, it was the thing that was like a biggest takeaway from the isolation for me because I've been here completely alone. So for like four weeks, I didn't see another human being. Now, um, but so the thing I learned from that was like, oh, now I understand why solitary confinement is like such an extreme punishment because humans are not designed to be like that. We need interaction with each other. Um, and it's that social interaction that keeps us motivated. 
So being in an environment that's fun around people we enjoy being around is like so much more motivating than I think than anything else. Like you cannot particularly like the workout, but if you have people you really enjoy being around, um, like you'll keep turning up. So um, I've always said that to people when they're like, I'm looking for a gym. I'm like, find a gym where you like the people because you can have, a kind of subpar coach that really loves the people and you're going to turn up and you're going to keep making progress. So you build, like it, at the end, you build accountability within itself, don't you? You build accountability from just turning up and talking to someone because, you know, you might not go as far as exchanging numbers and making, you know, lifelong friends out of it. But you know that if you don't turn up, someone's going to, the next day you're going to go, oh, how, you know, where were you yesterday? You didn't make it. And that is such a powerful thing. We don't even realize that. Oh, definitely. I have friends today that used to do the group exercise classes with me back in like 10 years ago when I was still doing those things. Um, and we used to do Friday morning, we'd, tra- we'd go to a class and then we'd have breakfast. And I still to this day am friends with those people. And um, several of them have, after I eventually started getting into CrossFit and coaching and all the other things, like a number of them have made the transition over as well. And then they've started to bring all their friends. And it's, so it's that the social support and then it's, you're impacting the community that's around you because people are like, oh, that person's making progress. I want to have what they're having. Yeah, yeah. And there's that little bit of like, oh, they they look amazing and they look happy and they've got making all these new friends. Like, I don't want to miss out on that. And they're eating <laughs> a plate full of pancakes. I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just um, last one for you, Jesse, because I think the message that you promote through everything you do is is a great one, and and people can kind of um, take notice of that. It's just around finding balance and particularly, you know, for females, because you're, you know, the Shira life is about empowering women. Um, What what does balance look like? I know it's such a broad term when we talk about health and fitness, but have you got any kind of views on that? Balance is such a personal thing. So, um, like, for me, this, like, the last few years has been about trying to... um, invest more time in play and in um like my personal like like spiritual journey and those things because for years i was so skewed towards um work and training um but and that's actually probably it's one of the biggest questions i always ask when i have a new client when was the last thing when was the last time you did something just for you and I'd say, especially women, because majority of the people I work with are women, but um, the majority of clients, I'd say like, like nine out of 10 of them will say, like they can't remember. Like I had one client said to me, oh, I took my husband out for his birthday. I'm like, that's, that's not about you. Like you might've had a nice time, but it's not like a thing that you've done purely for your fun. Yeah. Um, and I think for the majority of people, it's that how do I start to really schedule time for play and fun? Because like we shouldn't be working for the sake of work. Like 
our work should be giving us an opportunity to live our lives more fully. So that's, that's my belief on most people with balance. It's just like really prioritizing yourself and your relationships versus like I had this um, conversation with my business partner yesterday, Ray, um, and he said like, oh, I'm just grinding and grinding. And I'm like, yeah, but like what's the point? You're grinding for so you can get burnt out and just like and you haven't enjoyed any of the process. So um, one of the things that I try to practice now is each time I have like, I've succeeded in finishing something. So I completed writing a program last week and I sent it out and then I was like, oh, I'm going to take the afternoon off. And it's just to celebrate the fact that I finished something. Yeah. Um, it's so easy to just get into your next to-do list. Yeah, and ne- yeah, never having an ending. That's what they say about to-do lists, right? There's always something to do. So you never, yeah. you never get that feeling of uh, euf- euphoric feeling of finishing your to-do list of the day because you can always add something to it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's awesome. Jesse, I know that uh, with the Shiro Life, you're, you're busy building that now. Um, but where can, um, where can the listeners find you? Where can they reach out to you? Yeah, so they can obviously or find me on Instagram at Jesse A. Yeah, um, and we should we'll have the site up um, before the end of the month for the the dot com. But uh, thanks very much for taking the time today. Thank you for having me.